Guardian Unlimited. So, 17 races done, none to go. We finally have a new world champion in 2007. Another dramatic race, and the champion is not Lewis Hamilton, not Fernando Alonso, but the outsider, Kimi Raikkonen, who took his sixth win of the season for Ferrari to win the World Championship by one single point. If nothing else sums up 2007, it is that statistic. Hello again, it's Morris Hamilton speaking to you from Interlagos, reflecting on the Brazilian Grand Prix, the 17th and final round of the championship of an extraordinary year. I've got, as ever, Ian Phillips of uh, Spiker, the business affairs manager of the team, with me just to reflect on it all. Ian, you've lost your voice a wee but you've been shouting a lot. Is the excitement too much for you? Well, the excitement of today and that wretched Australian fourth official in the rugby yesterday. <laughs> Well, we, had, we didn't need any uh, fourth officials here because this really was a great fight right from the start. And we had, just to remind you, we had a Ferrari, Felipe Massa, the local boy on pole position. We had Lewis Hamilton alongside him on the front row. Behind Massa was his teammate, Kimi Raikkonen. And then behind Lewis Hamilton was the other championship contender, Fernando Alonso. And right from the start, Ian, it looked like Hamilton made a bad getaway. Raikkonen made a good one. They were on the clean side of the track, the two Ferraris. They got ahead. But then Lewis Hamilton got involved in a bit of a tussle with Fernando Alonso and lost out. First sign, I thought, of him getting a bit desperate. Yeah, he got tucked up at the first corner, to be honest. Ferrari executed absolutely perfectly. Uh, Massa pulled right across in front of Hamilton, so effectively slowing him, allowing Raikkonen to come right round the outside. It was a beautiful piece of teamwork. I think choreography was had been planned for some time on that one because that was going to stop him getting away because if Hamilton went away that was it there was nothing they could do as long as they got behind him they got some kind of a chance and while he was being tucked up by the two Ferrari drivers Alonso who couldn't care less about his teammate or the Ferrari thought right there's room for me to nip down the inside here they didn't touch they got very close but Alonso won out and you have to say probably that was Hamilton's inexperience and a whole load of nerves as well. But there were three old pros at work going into that first corner and the rookie came off worse. Now, what it did actually was that uh, they were side by side, the two McLarens, they almost, in fact, I think they did touch briefly. And then on the run down the back straight towards turn four, I thought uh, Fernando Alonso did a lovely job of kind of suckering Lewis Hamilton in. He, he took the inside line, blocked it. Lewis Hamilton thought he could go around the outside. It didn't pay off. He locked up a little bit and then went wide right into the runoff area and he rejoined down in seventh place. Now, of course, at that stage, the two Ferraris up front, it wasn't over. I mean, Lewis Hamilton was still looking quite strong, but uh, I think he was a bit flustered by all of that. Yeah, I, I, I think it has to be. What, what happened with him going wide was, was really unfortunate because actually all he needed to do was finish fourth. As if the Ferraris finished first and second and Alonso finished third and he finished fourth. And let's face it, in all the other races of the year, nobody else has looked like breaking into that top four. So actually, that's all he had to do was cruise around and finish fourth. I know that's not his style. What we've seen this year, he wants to go for it. And perhaps it was it was a schoolboy error, really. Just let the teammate go. I'm sure the team would have arranged for him to get in front of Alonso at the pit stops, of which there were two or three to come. So just, you know, a panic on the first lap. It's a shame, 
Um, and, you know, I'm sure we'll come to conclusions later on. But, you know, he, we probably saw more rookie errors from Hamilton in those first, in, what, first half a lap than we've seen the whole of the rest of the season put together. Exactly, and that, that does say a lot for him. But as, as we were saying there, the, the fight really wasn't over. He was still in the points. He was still looking quite strong. But then it went dramatically wrong, and this time it wasn't Hamilton's fault. Uh, round about, let me see, it was round about lap eight when suddenly the McLaren, which had been bulletproof all year, suddenly selected neutral all on its own for no reason. I just talked to the guys at McLaren there and I said, do you know what happened? They said, no, we don't. Have you had this happen before? No, we haven't. I mean, they have, if you look at the record for both McLaren drivers aim throughout the season, you run your eye down it, there is not a single mechanical failure in the races for both cars, which is an extraordinary record. All we've had, the two retirements we had were when uh, Lewis Hamilton went off in China and Fernando Alonso went off in Japan the previous race. Other than that, they really haven't been too bothered in the races. And yet, ironically, this gearbox glitch, which finally, it, it, it reset itself apparently, and then off he went, but by then, he was down in 18th place, and I really had a fight in his hands, but how ironic that something goes wrong, it goes wrong at that very moment, and sends him to the back of the field, extraordinary. All Formula One, really, isn't it? It is, I mean, what wonderful drama. Uh, God knows who scripted this. And you're right, we could never, ever have uh, predicted that such a thing was gonna happen. And when that happens, it's normally, it's terminal. I mean, you could see him operating the buttons in the, on the steering wheel. He thought, well, you know he's going through a reset procedure. And he didn't know if it was gears or throttle, probably something hydraulic. Uh, it turned out to be gears. Um, why it wasn't terminal, I don't know. And why it should happen for a fraction of a second, really. Probably nobody at McLaren will ever know either. It's just one, you know, the hand of fate, the hand of God. I, I just don't know. I mean, you, you could feel... Over here in Sao Paulo, wonderful downtown Sao Paulo, you could feel the UK sinking at that very moment, couldn't you? You could, actually, yes. I mean, we were uh, doing our best in the BBC Radio 5 Live commentary box to talk things up for Lewis Hamilton, but you knew it was going to be a bit of a lost cause, but he was working his way back. Then McLaren put him on a... Uh, well, I think they tried to change their strategy. They put him on a soft tyre for a brief run in the middle of the race. Uh, didn't put a lot of fuel in, put him on the softer tyre, which actually was a bit marginal at that point, and it didn't really come off because he got caught in traffic a lot and he never really got anywhere. He made a few places, but he really needed to be well into the points, and we could see then, at half distance, it wasn't going to happen, because although he was eventually up to about fifth or sixth, we knew he was going to have to come in again. Sure enough, in he came, and back out of the points. It just wasn't going to happen. No, I, I thought he, ma he made a good a really good fist of it, to, to be honest. And let's face it, one more place is all you needed. And there were cars having crashing and banging and a few blowing up around the place. It was probably worth a go. I think all of us weren't quite sure of the track, uh, to be honest. New, new surface, people are a bit nervous of the super soft tyre, whether it would actually work in race day conditions. And the track was an astonishing 64 degrees centigrade at the start of the race. And we haven't run in those kind of uh, temperatures all year, so it was unknown. I think it was the right gamble for, for McLaren. It very nearly came off, Morris. It only needed one more person uh, to blow up. And, it, and if, if you saw the way Rosberg and one <laughs> or two others, I mean, there was some great racing going on in there, but two cars could have easily touched and taken themselves out, and we'd be saluting 
uh, Lewis Hamilton world champion. <laughs> You're absolutely right because he finally got his way back up to seventh place and uh, that was not good enough but fifth place would have been and as Ian says he's referring to a terrific scrap that we had between uh, Nico Rosberg and the Williams and the two uh, BMWs of Robert Kubica and Nick Heidfeld they were at it hammer and tongs and there was one point when all three or two of them certainly looked like they were going to go off and they were at it right until the chequered flag and, and this was the extraordinary thing that happened at the end Raikkonen took the flag and uh, Lewis Hamilton was just behind him having been lapped so they had crossed the line but they didn't know they couldn't be sure that Raikkonen had the championship until the other comedians had got across the line and stopped driving into each other because if they'd gone off on the last lap as you rightly say Lewis Hamilton would have been world champion so there's poor old Raikkonen driving around and slowing down lap waiting 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 for the team to tell him yeah it's done and finally he got to hear Kimi Raikkonen 2007 world champion words he must have dreamed of So while uh, Lewis Hamilton is doing his best to try and scratch enough points to win the championship and failing, I think we really have to pay huge respect in here to the job that Ferrari did with uh, another 1-2 uh, this season. Uh, they really had the legs of McLaren. They had extraordinary pace right from the start. Felipe Massa was on pole. We suspected that he would try and hold things up. He didn't. He was. He, he, Massa could have won this race, but we knew that with Raikkonen desperately needing the extra points for a win, and they and they played it really well. I thought it, there was no clumsiness about it. It was just a pit stop strategy. The way they worked it out after the final stop, it was Raikkonen who emerged just ahead of Massa, even though everybody knew Massa really could have won it. But it was nicely done, and they just dominated this race. And as I say, that gave Kimi Raikkonen his sixth win. It gave him. I've got to add this up now: six, seven podiums in a row and that's how he won the championship after a shaky start. Hats off to Raikkonen, hats off to Ferrari. Good job, well done. Yeah, I agree. The thing is, at the end of the day, Raikkonen's won more races than anybody else during the course of the year. Six wins, and six wins to me says you've got to be, you've got to be world champion. You know, it's all about winning. Yeah, we've sometimes talked about changing the rules to make sure that it's winners that win championships. And, you know, I think there's a fair uh, case for that. I think, Morris, we noted at Nürburgring that uh, Kimi Räikkönen, if anybody other than Hamilton was going to win the championship, it was going to be Kimi Räikkönen. And, you know, I'm very happy that he's done it for him as a driver. I think he is the quickest man in Formula One. Uh, we don't have to talk about Ferrari and the other things that they get up to. The right man won, won the championship. Massa, as you say, did a great job on pole position. Um, he had his contract renewed for three years uh, last week and he was told which lap he was going to hand over the lead on of this particular race. I've no doubt about that. Um, and you know, his, his day will come. He's won a few races uh, this year. The guy is a winner. Ferrari got themselves a strong team. Yes, just to put it in perspective, uh, Kimi Räikkönen, that was his uh, sixth win of the season. Fernando Alonso comes away with four wins, as does Lewis Hamilton with four wins. So I think that in itself is pretty clear cut. The reason, of course, why Raikkonen tended not to be the favourite, apart from being seven points behind as we came to this final round here in Brazil, was that he had that shaky start. He had a great win in Melbourne. And I remember, Ian, we did this podcast and thought, oh dear, it looks like it's going to be a Ferrari year. Then a bit of a decline. He had uh, two third places, Raikkonen did, in Malaysia and Bahrain. Electrical problem in Spain. Then he had a disaster in Monte Carlo. Do you remember? He hit the, the barrier during qualifying, put him down the grid. He managed to scratch one point. How important oh, was that one point? Uh, uh, I think we said that at the we time. Did, we yeah, did. That eighth place, I think he said that, actually. Yeah, I recall. Yeah, it's always been the case. 
uh, you know, one point at the end of the day over a whole season can make a huge, huge difference. And, and you've hit the nail right on the head. That was it at Monaco, because you're right. He had a horrible, horrible time. But just think, if he'd have parked it outside the tip-top bar and dropped in for a vodka halfway through the race because it wasn't worth continuing, <laughs> he'd be regretting that today, wouldn't he? <laughs> he certainly would. So he got that point in Monte Carlo, round five. Then he moved to Canada, North America, where he was fifth. Then he was fourth at uh, Indianapolis. And then, really, the resurgence started to come. Those two glorious wins in a row he had in France and at Silverstone, very clear-cut, no denying them at all. Then a bit of a hydraulics problem in Germany and began to look bad again. A couple of second places in Hungary and Turkey. And then, of course, we had uh, the uh, third place in Italy. But then came the win in Belgium and then finally uh, the third place in Japan and then the win in China to really put the thing back on track for him. So that's Kimi Raikkonen's story, deserving world champion. One final thought on um, uh, Raikkonen's championship, uh, Ian, and that is that he came very close to winning it twice before when with McLaren and he was let down by unreliability problems with McLaren and look what helped him win the championship today, an unreliability problem for McLaren. Well, yes, I mean, it is ironic, isn't it? But you mentioned earlier the legendary reliability of the McLarens this year. I mean, and if Kimi Raikkonen had had the benefit of that, this would have been his third world championship. Um, so, yeah, it's ironic, really, isn't it? And I'm sure he's smiling. And I have to say his words uh, on the winner's uh, interview afterwards that uh, this was really really happy and made up for some miserable years he had before switching to Ferrari. I think he said it all. Well, indeed, in fact, he enlarged upon it in the press conference afterwards. He said that uh, he's never enjoyed himself so much as he has this year at Ferrari. He says it's one big happy family, despite what people think. And he, I mean, Raikkonen's not a guy that, that comes out with a party line. He's not the guy that says these things because he thinks that's what people want to hear. When he says something like that, he genuinely means it. And he said it twice. So I think that's a bit of a snub for poor old Ron Dennis, who's got enough woes <laughs> as it is. But anyway, let's uh, hail and salute our new world champion, Kimi Raikkonen, who's finally done it uh, after, as we were saying, lots of uh, difficulties along the way. But this was his win number 122, and it was the one that sealed the championship for the, for the Finn. So with Fernando Alonso finishing third, uh, not enough to win in the title. He actually needed to be second behind Raikkonen if he was going to get his third title in a row. I have to say, and he didn't look terribly unhappy about it. Uh, there was almost, although he didn't say as much, I think he was relieved <laughs> that his young teammate, who's been such a thorn in his side, hadn't walked off in the championship, and his old mate Kimi had done it. I think that was the impression I got. I don't know about you. Yeah, absolutely. I thought actually Fernando Alonso was probably the happiest man in the whole of Interlagos today. Uh, I just wonder, had the championship fallen in his lap? if there wouldn't have been stony silence at the podium, to be honest. Uh, yeah, he hasn't covered himself with glory, really, from a personal point of view this year. He's been pretty sulky, um, and I, I actually don't think he deserved a third championship. Uh, he's always been a bit of a mystery man. Nobody's really known much about the character of the man, Alonso. Obviously, a good driver, take nothing away from that. But I think we've seen a fairly dark and not too pleasant side to him, uh, this year, I hope he can put it behind him, find himself a new home and just concentrate on being a race driver. Now, talking about race drivers, and we touched on it earlier, and we had a great scrap. I mean, this season just, it just never ceased to amaze. Fantastic fight for fourth place between Nico Rosberg and the Williams and the two BMWs of Kubica and Heidfeld. They were swapping places all the time. 
Uh, at one point, they nearly, as I say, was Rosberg and uh, Heidfeld nearly took each other out. Kubica nipped ahead, but in the end, Rosberg got past the pair of them to finish fourth and really round off a super season for young Rosberg because he had 15 points coming in here. And there's another clutch. Not enough to beat Fisichella. Nonetheless, a good finish for uh, Rosberg, a good strong drive. Williams will be well pleased with that. Yeah, uh, they'll be absolutely delighted. I did think at one stage, knowing how patriotic Frank Williams is, you know, the days he used to have a Union Jack outside his garage, that if the points weren't so important to him and worth so much money, he might have asked uh, Rosberg to invent a problem so that Hamilton could move up a couple of places and we could have a good old British world champion. Um, but these days, uh, places and points are extremely valuable. And I think if you took Hamilton out of the equation this year, the star to me has been uh, Nico Rosberg. Um, I think he's done a really outstanding job. And you know, if there is going to be a shuffle round of talent uh, in the coming weeks, then I'm sure his name's going to figure fairly prominently in a, in a move to a bigger team. All right, well, uh, that, those points for, for uh, Sauber, of course, secure their second place. Sauber will tell you it's actually third because McLaren have been stripped of their points at the top. Whatever way you want to look at it, they are behind McLaren and Ferrari, Sauber. Uh, and Renault and Williams, well, Re Williams, their main aim today was to keep Red Bull at bay, which they did because the Red Bull guys had problems. Uh, Mark Webber, after a terrific qualifying, Mark Webber fifth on the grid, went out with... Uh, uh, a problem which we still haven't got to the bottom of. He just said the car broke. That's all he would say, and pretty clipped Australian as he uh, walked back to the pits. And of course, that's not the first bit of reliability problems that he's had. He's had hydraulics trouble three times, transmission problems, gearbox trouble. So really, Red Bull, having looked a lot better in the previous two races, it all tailed away. David Coulthard came home in ninth. Jarno Trulli was eighth, just behind uh, Lewis Hamilton, as we said. So. That, in essence, is the 2007 World Championship. 17 highly dramatic rounds. A really great season. I, I don't know about you, Ian, but it's certainly, I've, I've, in my experience, been one of the most enjoyable, one of the best, largely because, and we've said this many times, we've come to these races and we haven't known, never mind which team Ferrari and McLaren's going to win, but which of the four drivers, and it's been fantastic. Do you agree? Yeah, ab absolutely. I think it's been thrilling from start, start to finish. The, the emergence of Hamilton... Uh, has, has been great but as you say you go to a certain circus we didn't know actually until the race started today whether Ferrari or McLaren had the advantage here because you couldn't have told yesterday really you you got a Ferrari and a McLaren on the front row and the same on the on the second row most races we've gone to say Ferrari got half a second advantage or McLaren have we didn't know actually until about lap eight or ten in, into the race today it's just been that kind of a year um, it's been fantastic, it's been great for motorsport, it's been wonderful for us. I think we've been very privileged to witness it at, at first hand. But I think there's a whole load of new, new fans of Formula One and uh, long may it continue. I think it's, it's been brilliant. We've got some great new stars emerging like uh, Hamilton and Rosberg. I think there's a few more to come. Remember next year, whole new era, no traction control. Some of these guys in the grid today have never driven a car without it. It's going to be a whole, whole new ball game. And when we get to the last race of next year, I reckon it'll be six or seven people saying, bye-bye, I'm not a Formula One driver anymore because they won't have delivered. The new boys are taking over. Good, well, I will look forward to that. And in the meantime, I hope you've enjoyed this season with us here on the Formula One show in Garden Unlimited. It's been a real pleasure bringing you all this drama, all this excitement. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks very much for being with us. And... Uh, 
Uh, signing off now here from uh, Interlagos, it's Morris Hamilton from the Observer saying cheerio for now. Hope to see you next year. But in the meantime, remember, keep the revs up and safe motoring. Bye from Interlagos. Guardian Unlimited.